Welcome to the Pool Nation podcast, where it's all pool talk. And we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. We talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. Now let's welcome your host with over a decade of industry insider experience and still the reigning champion of Marco Polo, Edgar De Jesus, and his co-host, John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, and Zach the Pool Boy Nicholas. Welcome, everyone, to the Pool Nation Live podcast. I am your host, Edgar DeJesus, and yes, I am the reigning champion of Marco Polo, along with John J.J. Flawless, the fastest netter in the West, the famous Zach, the pool boy, Nicholas, and we can't leave out Spider today, right? We got to throw him in there. Spider, how you doing? I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> uh, that's it? I'm just, I'm here? For now. For now. We'll see how the show goes. <laughs> today, we're talking Delicia Stevens, Director of Training and Education at Biolab. And I want to welcome everyone to our live podcast, the podcast where it's all pool talk, and we ain't talking about netting and jetting or splashing and dashing. We're talking about becoming a nation of pool pros. And yes, we will talk about the latest products, trends, and training in the pool industry. But before we get started today, I want to thank our sponsors for this podcast, the Ultimate Pool Tools, the SPPA, Blu-ray XL, Aquastar Pool Products, Natural Chemistry, Raypack, and Heritage Pool Supply. We want to thank them for their continued support. Mr. Zacharias, good morning. Long drive this morning. Yeah, long drive, but you know what? I was telling Alicia, I'm getting good at driving. I think I need to get my CDL or something. I'm, I remember the first time I came up here, I think every hour I was stopping and getting out and stretching and walking around, and now I'm a professional. You know what we might need to do is start a side business for you for transport and transport stuff from Houston to Dallas, a little side gig. Yeah, or Uber or something. I could probably kill it as an Uber driver. Yeah, and you would have somebody to talk to all the way up. Yeah, except I don't like talking to people in these driving cars. So. <laughs> They'd interrupt your book, wouldn't they? Yeah. I don't think Uber's the route for you. You have to make it a game. See how far you can drive without stopping. It makes for some interesting walks into gas stations sometimes when you push it too far. But <laughs> You mean runs. Right. <laughs> Mr. J.J. Flawless. Mr. J.J. Flawless is a little bit in... Don't even, Tony, I shouldn't even ask me. Mr. J.J.'s having a rough morning, but we're here for you, brother. Uh, How you doing? It's all right. I'm good. You you know, what's funny is you say that and I get another text from another issue. No, you're kidding me? Oh, yeah. So right now, I'm whatever. It's bound to happen. I'm just glad it's all happening in one day so you can get it all over with instead of it being spaced apart. But I'm just having one of those days. Today has been quite an interesting morning. With my type of personality, I like to just go out and just go fix it and go take care of it. I don't care whatever needs to happen. I just want to put it away and put it to rest. But I'm in Texas, and I can't. So <laughs> I'm starting to develop my coping skills and being able to, like, woosah, right? And say, hey, look, it is what it is, and we can only do what we can do, and it's only a swimming pool. There's only so much you can do. And I'd get into it of how my morning went today, but I don't want to relive it. I just... <laughs> And I'm truly excited. And we were talking about this last night at dinner, and I was talking to Mama about it too. As I'm looking, was really looking forward to the podcast, and I still am because having Alicia on and everything she brings to the table. And we had a, an amazing session yesterday at the studio with some really good, really good material. And it was funny 
when I listen, I usually listen and I do what I need to do and I pay attention. And when you hear stuff that you've heard before, you know, it sounds like I've heard that before. I've been in this industry for a while now and it's hard to really sometimes get fired up listening to somebody talk or teach something. And when I was watching and listening to Alicia talk about chemistry and getting into the nitty gritty and I was like just completely eyes are bugged out looking listening and really enjoying it right because I'm like yeah this is my jam this is the type of stuff that I geek out on and I learn and I read about and I talk about and I know but it's hard to really communicate that with people sometimes and to hear someone else is passionate talking about it and educating people I'm sitting there going damn like why haven't we heard more of you in the industry and why is this the first time even though that we know each other, but why is it the first time that I heard this from you? You obviously didn't just learn this. So <laughs> I don't know. I studied all right, night right, the night exactly, before. <laughs> right? So it's like, well, shit, we screwed up somehow as an industry and not showing you to the world so that guys and gals out there in the service industry can learn from you. So I'm just excited that we had the time and we were there for hours and we we're just going through. We were there 12 to 8 yesterday. Dude, I think about it. When we start talking about pH and alkalinity for like over an hour and <laughs> to keep you entertained throughout that, that's not an easy task, but you were able to accomplish that. And coming from somebody who thinks that they have a pretty good grasp or understanding of things, right? For me, it just feels good to learn different points of views and how you approach things and how you teach things and your thoughts on it. And how you explain it helps better me as an individual because that's what I want to do. And I have people that I teach and that I help out and my employees and mama was the same exact way too. So it was just really fun. And I know it's hard for somebody like you in a position that you're in to take the time to come out and do this. But obviously you see the importance of it and you have the same passion for it. And the company you work for too as well feels the same way. So all around, it was amazing. And look, I already feel better talking about it. I completely <laughs> forgot about the shit show of a day that I had this morning for this one, two minutes, because I'm talking about something that I love and I enjoy. But pools are pools. I've been blessed where I come out here at least twice a month, and we run a pretty type ship. And I rarely ever have an oopsie moments or 911s or things that need to happen. And it's just been, maybe I've just been too spoiled. And reality hit today when things didn't go the way they were supposed to go. And maybe I'll get into the story a little bit later, but right now I'm a little upset. I'll probably be a little mean about it. Other than that, that's it, man. And looking forward to lunch. It happens though, John, because I remember going on my first vacations and getting calls from my guys for vacation rentals and pools had flipped green. And I remember they overdosed a spawn. I had to make them empty it. And you're on vacation and you're just completely stressed out at the moment. And I'm like making them walk me through every single step of what it is that they're doing. And then as time goes on and you kind of deal with those situations, it's your exact mindset. It's a pool. Nobody's dying. You know what? Stuff happens. Okay, look, I'm going to go real quick and I'm going to tell the story. Okay, go. One instant. This is just one of like multiple things that happened this morning. And this is not even the worst thing. Before you jump into that, I just want everybody to know how crazy the morning was that... I knew that John was on edge. I didn't even talk to him on the entire drive. I didn't even turn the radio on. I just gave him his space. Don't let any music, any noise bother his conversations because he was going deep, like trying to figure out some of these things. So I'm like, let me just leave him alone. It was so bad where I even said, how much longer before at the studio? Because I need to get out and smoke is what I said. I think I told him, I go, look, I need to go. We need to figure out a place where I need to get out right now and have a cigarette because I've got to make some phone calls and handle some stuff. (laughs) The smoke coming out of your ears didn't count. (laughs) And this is just a small portion of it. 
we get a call from a customer who had an issue with their pool, and this pool's an old pool, probably built in the 60s, and they called us out there and said that their pool guy was just apparently not doing a very good job, and evidently we went there and we looked at it. It was about a 30,000-gallon pool, very old, original plaster, copper piping, plumbing looked like Mario and Luigi drunk on their very first (laughs) escapade, you know what I mean? It was just terrible. It was just one of those old pools, right? And it was wall-to-wall algae, yellow algae, right? Wall-to-wall. And not the catch it early, brush it off, the stuff that sticks to the walls, and you got to put some work in to get it done. And they had an issue where they, it was Memorial Day, we were, it was a holiday weekend, and they had fam- they had people coming down, and they were all bringing their floaties and stuff to swim, and da-da-da-da-da, and they were going to come. And I go, I'm sorry, I go, I'm being realistic here. I go, well, we can start it, but it's not going to be ready for them. And what I have to do to it is not going to make it swim ready. It's going to start looking better, and it might, by tomorrow it'll look better, but you still can't swim in it. It's not safe with the treatment that I'm going to have to do. So anyways, they're like, oh, tell me the whole story. Da, 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 da. My pool guy came, he just left. And I told him, hey, look, he came to collect his money. And they're like, hey, look at what my pool looks like. And he's like, whoa, what's wrong with it? The response was to the customer. And at that point, that's when they decided to let him go. And I'm like, okay, I don't know why he would say that, but who knows, whatever. So I told him, I go, we can't get to it till after the weekend. I go, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to send one of my guys today to start on it, back it, brush it chem it, test it, get what we need to do to get going on it. So that's what we did. And Fabian went out there, was out there for about an hour, getting it going, getting it started. And I told him, okay, I'll be back on Tuesday. We can't get in on Monday because it's a country club. You can't get in there, vendors. So I'll be back on Tuesday. And then we talked, we'll take on, they, they hired us for service, da 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 and told we need to put a cleaner in it. Okay, great. Everything was good. So he gives me a call on Tuesday and said, hey, I go, yeah, I said, I'm coming. We'll be there. We said we're going to be this time and whatever. And I really didn't pay no mind. And we were there Tuesday. We spent, Janie and I spent another hour there, you know, getting it going. The pool looks about 75, 80% better. Some remnants of yellow in the corners, but the pool looks a million times better for what it was in that short period of time. We put the cleaner in, got it vacuumed, got it ready to rock and roll. And they saw us there. Everything was good. Whatever we left. And then the pool was good. I told them, I go, hey, give it a couple more days, and then you guys are good to go. So they were happy. And then I get a call this morning from them, and I'm like, hey, Tom, how are you? Da, 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 da. And he's like, oh, I don't know. He's all, I'm just calling to let you know that your flawless cleaner hasn't moved in two days. I'm like, excuse me? And he's like, yeah, your flawless cleaner hasn't moved in two days. And I'm like, okay, time out. And I go, oh my God, I'm like, taking a back here. And I'm like, dude, what you, dude. And I'm like, how's the pool look? Your whole pool looks much better. And I go, but your flaw, whatever. And I'm like, okay. And then I go, and keep in mind, the last two days we had a huge windstorm, right? I go, let me explain to you. Like we talked about it before. I go, it's probably your pump basket, the basket, the inline basket, everything's stuffed with debris. And that's why it's not flowing right. And I go, but don't worry. I'm going to all send my guy over there to check on it and do what he needs to do. So in my mind, I'm thinking, I tell Janie, I go, look, I go, we're at a point in our careers where I'm like, hey, I don't want to deal with this. These aren't the types of relationships and customers that I want. And I had this very good conversation with them and said, hey, we're about relationships. It's not about accounts. I don't care about adding an account. That doesn't matter to me. What's important to me is the right people, the right accounts. So I told Janie, I go, look, just send Fabian over there. I go, pull the cleaner out, pull our flawless cleaner out, have him vacuum it up one more time, get it nice and pretty, ready to go, and tell me when he's done, when he's done. And then also to put the valve back so that all the the water goes into the spa because he was complaining that the spa wasn't cascading over. And I go, the reason why is you have, you put all the water to the spas directly to the left of the skimmer. It's a 30,000-gallon pool. 
All that water is going into the spa and going straight into the skimmer, and you're literally circulating like maybe 2,000 gallons worth of water. I go, you have 35 feet of pool with all these returns over here that's not getting any circulation, and that's why you're having issues. So we need to be able to split that water, and we need to be able to circulate the whole pool. I go, so there's things we have to do, and you have one-and-a-half-inch copper piping. There's no way you're going to feed a 24-inch spillway and get that cascading effect. It just doesn't happen. So I told him, you know what, that's what he wants. So just put it back to spa. So all of it goes over there, back the way he wants it. And I was going to call up Tom and say, you know what, it's not going to work out. Have a wonderful day. We left your pool clean. Don't worry about all the work that we did. It's on me. It's not worth it for me. And it's done. Well, of course, he goes and does it. And as soon as he turns the valve or he does something, there's a coupler or a ball valve at the joint cracks. Not just cracks. And I'm like, oh, my God, what do I do, right? And I'm just getting ready to dump this customer, right? And I'm like, are you kidding me? So anyways, so that's how it happened. And I was like, I can't do anything. The people that I lean on happen to be out of town and on vacation. And I'm like, you know what? Just forget it. It is what it is. There's nothing you can do. Poor Fabian can't fix it. And the kid's stressing out. So I'm like, shut off the breakers now. I'm trying to call the customer and let them know, hey, look, your pool's off. We can't talk to you. Your pool's off. Do not turn it on until we go out there. We fix it at the pipe. It was nothing that Fabian did. It's just that it's an old piece of crap. It broke. It wasn't even r- remotely near but, and I go, let them know. I try calling the customer, going straight to voicemail, and I send them back and knock on the door, talk to the customer, and explain to the situation. Say, you were here, you got the, you cleaned up the pool for them, but you noticed that there's a leak when you were back at the equipment, that the pipe broke, there was a leak, and you shut off the breaker, and John tried calling you, couldn't, whatever. And then I guess the customer's attitude was, so it was like, great, another week without my pool. I'm like, whatever. But, so there it goes. That's one of eight things that happened this morning, but I don't mean to take up. 20 minutes of our podcast here, but that's just some of the dramas that we have to go through as pool guys. It feels like that's how it happens though, right? You like get to that point, you're like, I'm done with it, I'm getting out of here, cutting ties, and then, bam. Yep. It's too bad that when reality does hit, it hits hard. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Can't be like a poke in the shoulder. (laughs) Right? And that was literally one of all the calls he was getting in this morning and kind of on the drive-in. Alicia? How are you? 20 minutes into the podcast. How are you? <laughs> Sorry, Alicia. I'm good. That's okay. Do you feel better, John? I do feel good. a little better right now. It's a little, it is a little good. therapy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am great. I'm so happy to be here. So thanks for having me back. We are super, super excited to have you out. And we obviously can't thank you enough for for your partnership and everything that you do. It's not that you're not busy. That would be a little <laughs> bit of an understatement. <laughs> But for you to find time to come out and spend some time and shoot, we spent eight hours in the studio yesterday. It a was lot a lot of, of fun. Yeah. A yeah. lot of the content is amazing content. So everybody listening, we're going to put all this content on the Pullman University. And Alicia just did a, an amazing job putting all these different courses together where we, we talk about everything. We talk about water chemistry. We talk about algae. We talk about metals. We talk about just deep dives into everything. And I was super excited because we're going through all those elisions and I'm going, oh my God, like you went into such detail, like specifically, you know, what raises pH? And she goes into this big deep dive into that. And I'm like, oh my God, I see that as just one video over here on top of it being the course over here. Cause I know a lot of pool pros will search a lot of that information. And so we really appreciate it. And we ran out of time. Like we did not have enough time to get it all filmed. She's just been absolutely gracious to be like, okay, let's schedule another day. We'll come back out. So we appreciate that a lot. I'm a nerd. I like to talk about chemistry. So 
It's not a hardship. Uh, maybe I am. A, maybe scheduling it is a hardship, but doing it is never a hardship. Absolutely. So what we want to do today is we want to talk about Alicia. We want to talk about her journey into the pool industry. I know there's a lot of our followers that know who you are, but obviously we have always a lot of people that tune in to listen that are new. So can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Just the pool industry, or do you want me to start? <laughs> I would start more like outside of the pool industry, yourself, what you like to do, all that. And then we're going to go into depth with right. everything that you do. I've been in the pool industry for 23 years. So one of those things I think you, everyone can agree, you get in the pool industry, it doesn't let you back out. I always make the joke that I told my dad I was going to be a backhoe driver when I grew up. And I guess that's going to have to be my <laughs> retirement plan. So anybody still building pools when I retire, I expect a spot digging in the backyard for you. But... Yeah, so I grew up in small town, Illinois. And when I say small, I mean, if you think small, take it about 10 steps smaller than that, and you might be getting close, but you're probably not there yet. And I ended up down in Atlanta to go to grad school, which was a ton of fun. But I still didn't know what I wanted to do with my life, as many people find when they get out of grad school. They're like, that was fun, but now what? So I did not know what direction I wanted to take, so I took a temporary job. Just a summer job with Biolab, just answering the phones to the typical, how do you put in your product? How much do I use? I just bought a pool. I don't know what to do with it. And so I started there. It was supposed to be a three-month job while I figured out what I was going to do with my life, which is in my head probably still involved a backhoe somewhere. But anyway, so I spent the time doing that. And that three months at the end of that, they offered me a full-time position in customer care. So I was like, eh, still don't know what else I want to do. I'll take this for a while. I was enjoying it, having a good time. And I have a science background, so it fit right in. So I said, okay, sure. And I took the full-time position in customer care, answering the phones. And 23 years later, I'm still working with BioLab. <laughs> Somewhere along the way, I forgot to go learn how to drive a backhoe. <laughs> you forgot so, to look at your plan of what I, you were supposed I, to do. That's best laid plans, right? So I did customer care for three or four years. And I will say this Anyone who asks, that is the absolute best choice I could have made to build my career is to start there and to spend the time there because I learned pools from all directions. You get it from consumers, you get it from dealers, you get it from professionals, you get it from health inspectors. When you're answering the phone, you have zero idea who's on the other end and what they're about to ask you. So you learn pools just from a wide variety of experiences and expertise and I'll say it all the time that I would not be where I am today without the time I spent there. So not my favorite to sit there and answer the phone and deal with people that sometimes people are a trial, but I learned so much doing that. So after that, I was approached by one of our people in our R&D group, Mr. David Rouse. He's one of the, I, there are two Davids in my life that I always really contribute a lot of my success and my career path to, and he's one of them. He came to me and said, I'm hiring. I think you'd be a good fit in my R&D group. Are you interested? Sure, why not? So I ended up in R&D for a while. I did product testing. So they'd come out with a new product. I'd take it out into the field, see if it worked, make sure it did what we said it was going to do, all that sort of stuff. So that was pretty cool. I spent some time there, and in the course of doing that, I got a chance to train people on new products and things like that, and I liked it. Most people say public speaking is not for me, and I'm one of the rare few that say, please, bring it on. More more public speaking, please. 
my favorite place to be is on a stage in front of people. And anybody that really knows me knows that's not really my personality, except for in a professional settings. I got a little taste of training and I went to David and said, wow, I really like that. That's something I really like to do. He said, okay. And he's, I give him a ton of credit. He immediately started pushing me to the places where I could get more opportunity to do that and put me in places where I could do more training, get more exposure. And ultimately, that kind of morphed into a training position that they formalized at some point along the way. And then I was, that's what I did. I was the trainer. The definition of what that means has changed immensely over the time I've been doing it. But that's how I made my way to this part of my career. And they always say, if you like what you don't work a day in your life. And if I apply that, I don't go to work every day. I just go hang out with my friends. I talk about things I like to talk about. I see people I like to see, and I truly enjoy what I do. So I feel very blessed to be able to say that. So yeah, I got into a training role and started out kind of small scale, really targeted to our BioGuard brand is where I started. And I was very in a niche for that. And then as the time went on and things morphed, we changed. We merged with Natural Chemistry a few years ago. I was more than willing to jump in with both feet with them and say, teach me so I can teach. And I've had the opportunity to do some training for them and some of our other brands. So it really ultimately comes down to, I like pools, I like chemistry, and I like to teach. And it has created the perfect storm of, I'm a director of education now talking about pools all day, and I love it. So I'm going to go back to, because obviously, like, we call support for equipment. So we know what that's like, right? Mm -hmm. Troubleshooting a heater, so you go through those steps. How is a customer service call for chemicals? What's that like? Gosh, it could be any number of things. It could be a brand new customer that just bought a pool, and they have no idea. They've got water in it. That's all they know. And they're like, I don't know what to do next. So it's a whole education of what you have to do and what you need to look at, what you need to test and all of that. It could be I bought X product and I don't know how much to put in or I don't know how to apply it. I put or, two gallons of algicide in my spa. What's wrong? Now it's what, foaming it everywhere. Foaming? <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. many bubbles. It doesn't stop foaming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or also, I could tell some really good stories of some of the calls they took, some appropriate for podcasts, some not. But yeah, so it's just you just never know what you're going to get. It. I had one call, this lady called in and... I said, well, you have to shock your pool. She goes, I know, I know, I have to shock my pool. No, electricity, don't tell me. No, <laughs> no but that would be funny, but no. And she goes, I bought the bags of shock, and I put them in, but nothing happened. And I'm like, did the color change? I can't remember. It might have been green. I don't know. And I said, no change at all. And she goes, no, and the bag is just laying there. Oh, oh no. <laughs> You have okay. to wait about 15 for it to degrade. <laughs> so, so, let's back up. Get your net, pull the bag out of the pool, dry it off, cut it open, dump the product in the pool, and let's see if that helps. And I laugh about it, but people don't know. They yeah. don't know. Yeah. And so that's what we were there for is just that. And then as my career building customer care, it got more intense. You know, as I got experience, I was able to handle some other things. But when I first started out, it was pretty basic. And the fact that I didn't know very much when I started just illustrated how much less some other people knew. So... It was always entertaining. <laughs> so what was that training like to get into that first position? It's what I call Pools 101, which I teach on a regular basis right now. I actually just had a very unique opportunity to partner with a couple of people. And we did a Pools 101 for our corporate office. 
we just opened it up to the whole corporate office of anybody because we sell pool chemicals. But a lot of people don't even know what they're yeah. selling or forecasting or whatever. So we had a lot of people come in. They just want to learn about pools. But this is what I would call Pools 101. And it's just basic. You start from here's a pool. Here's the anatomy. This is what happens. And we have it on Pullman University, the basic water chemistry right. and things like that. So it's basically that with our products mixed in specifically so you know what you're talking about and everything. So it was a lot of it was some classroom. It was a little bit of role play. It was a lot of phone shadowing, listening to other people before they listen to you. But most I learned the basics, but then you just learn by experience like we all do. So it was just the first year was, like I said, really simplistic on what I was doing. And then it just grew from there. That's why I say it's the best four years, three years, whatever it was, three and a half, I think. I could have spent my life because the base that it built for me to do what I do now, you can't gain that by reading. You can't gain that by researching. You gain that by doing. And I had the unique opportunity to do that, whether it was over the phone or in the lab or, or poolside, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was great. That's a good point. Some can argue it gives you a lot more experience than some of us will ever be able to have because we're in unique situations in certain parts of the country, in certain markets, and we can experience so many things. But there's so many different situations that we probably don't have the opportunity to experience where when people get to the point where they need to make a phone call, right? And you're probably getting some pretty bizarre and interesting things that you would never even imagine somebody would do or could happen. And then now you're able to resolve those types of issues or understand that it's a possibility and then teach people, hey, look, explain to them when they buy the product, they need to open it up and put it in there, not just throw it in <laughs> like a in grenade, train, yeah. like they're playing cornhole or whatever, and they're throwing those bean bags into the pool. But that's interesting, and I never really thought of it that way, but that's like a whole different perspective on things. I used to, as I was still in customer care, I would manage basically the team that I started on, the temporary, because we have to beef up in the summer because the call volume goes up, so we have to bring in some extra help that we don't need the rest of the year. So that's where the temp job comes from. And I managed that for a while. I was in customer care and I get resumes and everything. And everybody's like, oh, you're looking for science people. I'm like, I'm not looking for science people at all. I'm looking for people, and you can't tell it on a resume. You have to tell it from an interview that can take incomplete information and form a conclusion. I'm looking for people that they don't have to have a path to get there. They can have the first three steps and then logically figure out what's going on, what comes next. Because you guys know when there's a problem, you don't get all the information got to figure it out with what you've got. So that's hard to hire for, quite honestly. But if you have that skill, pools, again, they just come from experience. And I tell people all the time, and I get phone calls every day, sometimes I don't know the answer. And I still have people who are like, what do you mean you don't know the answer? And I was like, I don't know. Like, I've told you all the things I know. I would have expected the pool to do this. It didn't. I don't know why. And maybe I'll learn why, and I'll file that away. And then the next time I come up against that, I'll be able to use that. But I have a couple of people right now that are like waiting on some feedback from me. And I'm like, I don't have anything else to tell you. Like, I've given you all the information I have. Yes, it didn't solve the problem. I understand that. But I don't have any more information to give you. It's just some things are just unexplainable. Yeah. But There's this missing information sure. that you just haven't yeah. been told to be able to put it together. Yeah, You tell them to run the pump for 24 hours and they run it for, for 24 four. minutes. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? 
or they think it's running. Well, it could be so many different things. They run it for 24 hours and then shut it off completely because they're like, yeah. I did the 24 hours. What <laughs> right. now? Exactly. Oh, that's, a great, sitting, point. Right? that's a great point. That's a great point. I've been there. Or it's running 24 hours at 400 or 450 RPMs. You know what I mean? That's You're going to speed it up a little bit. <laughs> you Just speed I, it up a little bit. I have had to adjust yeah. my trainings to compensate for variable speed pumps, which I love variable speed yeah. pumps. Don't get me wrong. I think they're wonderful. But if they're not programmed right, people oh, yeah. are just struggling. They're like, why is my pool cloudy all the time? How's your pump programmed? I've never had to ask that before. But how's your pump programmed? I'm running on low speed for 22 hours a day, but I kick it up to high for two hours. I'm like, this is not going to accomplish the goal. <laughs> but you have to, they don't know. They just think, oh, it's running. It's fine. But yeah, it's definitely been, that's, I've had to adjust for that. <laughs> Now that you're director, let's go with what you do on a day-to-day basis now. What is your day-to-day obligations and what do you... Yesterday, I laughed a lot. Right. <laughs> you were just recently promoted to... I was, yeah. director. Yeah. That last time, the last weekend that you were here, that Kathy was here, right? Yeah, but it had just happened. So, awesome. yeah, I'm pretty excited. So, my day-to-day is, it's really dependent on season, quite honestly. Just like you guys, your day-to-day is very dependent on season, right? So it depends. I spend a lot of the spring out in the field trying to get in front of our customers and making sure that if we have any new technology or new products that they're up to speed on that, I try to help them train new employees, get them ready to go. Ultimately, we sell chemicals. That's what we do. That's how we make our money. And we need to do that. So it's my job to go out and make sure that our customer base and that encompasses natural chemistry and C-Clear and BioGuard and all of our pro brands, it's my job to make sure that customer base is well-trained and ready to sell our products. So in the spring, I travel a ton. I'm out all the time, just in sometimes it's big groups of people gathered to learn. Sometimes I'm bouncing from store to store, dealer to dealer, doing just individuals. Sometimes I'm training new hires. Sometimes I'm training service people. Sometimes I'm training just retail staff. It just depends on the situation. But I spend the spring... I always call that just spring training, getting ready for the season. And that's what I do for, it starts in January. And I really travel pretty much through, I'm just, just now at the tail end of it, quite honestly. Memorial Day is the hard cutoff because nobody's got time. So day to day on that is really just whatever part of the country I'm in, I'm training. I'm in stores and businesses and I'm training. And you mix in regional trade shows and the Atlantic City show. And I do training presentations at all of those or try to get to all of those. Exciting development though, we now have a dedicated trainer for natural chemistry. So I'm not saying I won't be doing some of it, but we have someone that is, he's a legacy natural chemistry guy. He's been with them a very long time, knows the product line very well. He knows the history and all of that. So excited to have him on board. He's going to do great things with our natural chemistry and C-Clear customers and We've got some big plans on some things we're going to do there. But yeah, so that's exciting. But yeah, and then once we get to this time of year, it's more of a, an internal job at this point. You know, I don't travel as much. Now's the time where I'm figuring out what needs to be updated from. We have this vast library of stuff. Some of it's digital, some of it's video, some of it's we still use PowerPoint presentation, all that stuff. And things change over the course of any given year. So I'm figuring out what's out of date. What do we need to update? What do we need a video session? What do we need to do with that? That's one bucket that I'm working on right now is getting everything identified and updated. And then now's the time we figure out what do we want for the next training season? Because training season really kicks off in the fall. So what do we want for that? What are we going to do? What do we want to add to our library or our list of offerings? What do we want to take away? 
what new things do we want to add certification? Do we want to add something that will focus on service professionals, whatever that is? So we're defining that. I work with the marketing team, the sales team very closely to define where the value is for our customers and what they need to be successful. And then once we get the outline done, then it's just build, build. And you guys know that content development comes in a lot of different forms. So it'll be a lot of that. So all aimed for ready for launch. We have our national sales meeting in August for our teams, and I will want everything ready for launch by that point. So the next couple of months are going to be busy. <laughs> Now, you support a lot of different, so you support retail, you support individual pool pros. What are some of those markets that you manage? Because it's big. Yeah, so I cut my teeth on the retail side of the business, for sure. I started out exclusively training for BioGuard, so that's retail-focused. Not to say there's not a service element to it, but definitely retail-focused. And so that's where... I started and still where a lot of what I do resides in that retail focus part of the business. It's what comes easiest to me as far as how I teach and how I explain things. It's really well suited for a retail professional. In the last couple of years, I've gotten a lot more requests for service training. And it took me a while to really figure out what that meant. Because if somebody says, come train my retail stuff, I got 152 presentations to choose from. What do you want me to train them on? Somebody says, I'm bringing my service crew in. I want you to train them. I'm like, what do they need to know? That's different. It's very different. We're not talking about how to talk to the customer necessarily or utilizing water testing software, whatever. Now it's like, okay, so you want me to train them. Do they need chemistry training? Do they need training on troubleshooting? I don't know what it is that... And so I had a hard time, quite honestly, identifying what was different about that. And to this day, I'm still tinkering with that a little bit, trying to figure out when you ask me to train your service group, what are you looking for? Because let's be honest, while I'll train retail staff to do everything absolutely by the book, this is how we do it. This is how we want you to do it. These are the steps you're going to follow. Service guys, correct me if I'm wrong, they don't always do things exactly by the book, right? Absolutely. So I've learned to lay out my preferred way they do things, and then I've had to really be open to adjust, encompassing, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we're not going to do this, this takes too much time, This you know, we can't do a return visit, all that sort of stuff that retail people don't deal with because the homeowner's doing it all, whereas service, it's all about visits and time and what you're able to do. So it's been a it's been a journey for that. I don't do much on the commercial side of the business. Not that I wouldn't. I just we don't I don't have a lot of opportunity there. So I don't do a lot of commercial training. I am CPO certified CPO instructor certified, so I can do that type of training, but that's just not where our business is focused. So ultimately not what I spend a lot of time doing. So it's definitely been a growth path for me to encompass service and figure out what that means for education. I find it interesting. You talk about retail being the big push, but then you're seeing more interest from the service side looking for kind of those training needs. From your perspective, how has the industry evolved over the last 23 years since you started? Oh, so much. And some of it is, I think some of it's how I've evolved in my career because I've encompassed different things as I move forward. But in 23 years ago, pool care was a lot simpler. And it was not necessarily in a good way. We had less technology. We knew less, you know, ultimately. So when we taught pool care, it was 
pretty straightforward. Sanitize your pool, shock your pool, keep algae from growing, thumbs up, we're good to go. And everybody was happy with that and balance, all that sort of stuff. And then as society changed and as our culture changed and the focus started to become, how do I do it better, faster, quicker, easier, more efficiently, cost less, take less time, all of those things that we worry about on a daily basis in our lives started to creep into the pool industry. So it wasn't just, you can do it this way. Yes, you can, but it might take you a little more time. It might take you a little more energy. It might take you a little more money or whatever. You might be more likely to have problems. Now everybody's looking for the quickest, easiest way to do things. So with that, you've seen technology change. Enzymes have gotten more prevalent because they make your job easier. Multifunctional products that do more than one thing that kind of smooth out the rough edges of pool care. And a lot of products, they buy you time to make a mistake and not pay for it. So that sort of technology is what has grown the most. And we have to learn how to incorporate that into a sales message, into a service message, you know. And I tell people all the time, look, we've got hundreds of different options here for programs and how you piece products together. What's your goal? That's what's going to define which one works for you. So, Zach, you have service. John, you have service. So is your goal to spend the least amount of money on their pools? Or is your goal to make it as efficient as possible? Or is your goal to absolutely by all means, prevent problems from happening regardless of the cost. Those are all very different goals. So as technology has changed and we've gotten all these options for products, you have to pick and choose in your businesses, which is hard to do. I always say, what works for your story? You know, what works for your business? So I think just focus on that is the biggest evolution, but it has changed everything around us. 20 years ago, did we spend any time talking about borates? No, but now they're a hot topic in the industry. Why? Well, they make water look better. They feels better. And borates buy you a ton of time to make a mistake without really paying for it. So that's something that we didn't talk about 20 years ago because we didn't know the technology as well. So things like that are changing. I tell people, can you take care of your pool, keep it clean and clear without removing phosphate? You can. Sure, it's possible. But do you want to? No, it's harder. It takes more time and energy. You're more likely to have problems. But you could make the choice to not, you know, not remove phosphate, not add enzyme, not put borate in. So I think that's the biggest evolution. Chlorine is chlorine. It really hasn't changed that much. Even the way we feed it hasn't changed that much. So that piece, we've learned to blend other things in with it. We've learned to put some bells and whistles on it. But for the most part, Chlorine is chlorine. You're going to sanitize, and that's your number one job. It's all the other stuff that I think has evolved the most, and it has changed the way we approach pool care. Absolutely amazing to see that. And it's funny because you talk about it, but I remember, and I'm going to start to date myself here, but obviously when I started in the pool industry, there was no conversation about phosphate. It just wasn't a thing. And then all of a sudden, phosphate conversations started to happen. And in our industry is the typical thing. Oh, we didn't have phosphates a year ago. So why are they an issue now? And I get so, that all the time. Yeah. And, and so it's interesting to see the evolution of the conversation, but also the evolution of the pool pros getting educated, right? And moving on to that next level. Yeah, it is 100%. And listening to Alicia and how she's talking about there's just better ways technology's evolved in the pool industry. It's a very exciting time right now. There is a lot of tools available to us now that weren't really there or we really didn't have much knowledge of before that instead of resisting the change or this technology, embrace it and use it better. It's like cars, right? Cars have evolved. Eventually, look at it as an automobile. And now you can get, hey, now you have airbags. Now you have 
uh, blind sign warnings. Now you have emergency pedestrian stop. That's what Borates is saying. These things are there to <laughs> yeah. help to keep you from getting in a, that accident. Is it might eventually happen. You keep driving enough that you're going to have an accident, but you can put these preventative measures in place if you understand the technology and you embrace it. That'll help keep you safe, keep the pool cleaner, and keep it ready to rock and roll. So embrace it. Don't be the guy or gal that puts their head in the dirt and in the sand and says, I don't need it because. I don't, of course, you can get away with it. Of course, you can. You can drive a classic yeah, car if you, you want to forever. without all of that. Yeah, <laughs> Do it. No problem. But there's things that are out there, and it's our job to help educate people, and then ultimately, it's their choice on what they want to do. But that's the analogy that I like to look at it when I think of these things. And I go, yeah, I'm all for it, right? If I can add these things and do these things in conjunction with normal service, it makes my life a little bit easier and in turn creates a much better experience for my customer, then I'm all for it. When you're talking about what are my, those are all my goals. I want to be able to take care of the pool. I want to be as cost effective as I possibly can, but without being cheap and chintzing out on the right products and using the right products, I want my people to be happy. And when I go back there, I tell customers when I'm in the backyard and we're doing a quote, let them know this. And I tell them straight up, Janie, do I not? I go, my goal is when we walk back into your backyard every single week, it's like we just left it. I don't want to have to work hard at your pool. If I do, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with the pool. Something's not functioning correctly equipment-wise, the way it's built, the backyard, who's using it, how long it's being ran, or whether or not I know what the hell I'm doing. You know what I mean? And I'm sitting there just throwing things at stuff. It's like the going back. I can fix your heater. Oh, let me replace this part. Let me replace this part and start throwing parts. Eventually, you rebuild the whole damn thing if it's going to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or it's just going back to an understanding what's wrong with it and then fixing that, and then that's it. Everybody's happy. So it's the same thing with the back. I go, I tell customers, I go, look, there's when we're in the backyard, it takes us 15 minutes to go through the emotions of what we need to do when it comes down to testing, brushing, netting. And if that's my goal, I don't want to vacuum your pool when I'm there because we have a vacuum in and it's clean and it's perfect. That's not what we want to do. We go through a minimum, but if it takes us 15 minutes or 45 minutes, it doesn't matter. We're going to get through it. But if we're constantly working at trying to make your pool clean or something's going, then there's an issue. Something has to give. We have well, to find a solution. You are the it. fastest nutter in the West, so it might take other people 20 <laughs> yeah, minutes. Yeah. Just, yeah. just let's not set yeah. unrealistic yes, expectations oh, yes, here. Yes. <laughs> but no, you're 100% right. And that's how we are. That's how we feel about technology. I'm all fine. Let's do it. I issue a challenge a lot of times when I'm doing trainings, whether it's at a trade show or regional or whatever, whoever is in front of me. And I say, you know what? I'm going to stand up here. And we talked about it yesterday, John, when after I had done all the content that I got through yesterday and... I always tell people, look, I'm going to stand up here, I'm going to teach you chemistry. And some of this is going to be different from what you're used to hearing, or some of it you may not have heard before. Some of it may be just what you don't want to do. And all of that is okay. But all I ask is that you don't go into this training, this situation, this whatever, you know, whatever we're doing with a closed mind. If you come in here and say, I'm not going to learn anything from you and I'm not going to change anything I do, you're absolutely right. You won't and you won't. And that's true. But I'm going to offer you a buffet of information, and when you go to a buffet, I don't go to buffets anymore, but if you go to a buffet, you don't need everything on the buffet, right? You pick and choose what looks good to you. So be open to at least considering, oh, I don't, I'm not really interested in borates, but and that multifunctional product, that sounds pretty cool. And just be open-minded to at least considering change. If you go in just refusing to even consider it, then why are you even there in the first place? So I like it when you're like, yeah, I'll consider everything what's best for my customer. 
I think as an industry, we are resistant to change. And I think as an industry, we're stubborn. And I'm just being honest. And that, no, I agree. you know, every, everybody's way is the right way. And it may be the right way for you. I'm not debating that, but always be open to someone else's way or just adding a little bit or changing a little bit because it can make your life better for sure. <laughs> Especially when it goes against what they've learned sure. and known before in I the past. That. And like I say this a thousand times and I'll say it again and I'm like, I sound like a, I keep repeating it, but the hardest part about learning is unlearning. And that is the most difficult thing when you have somebody who thinks they understand or they were taught a certain way. And then now, hey, look, sometimes you go, hey, look, we were mistaken or we learned there's new information that was brought up that we got to understand and learn because now as an industry, there's a lot more money being put into it because it's getting a lot bigger and people understanding it. And there's no more focus on it and the spotlights on it. So yeah, more R&D is going into these things and more people are involved in it. More technology is available for us to be able to test things and figure things out. And that's why everybody's coming up with all these new concepts and different things to do. So to be able to embrace that and say, hey, look, yeah, sometimes you have to say, yeah, we were wrong before. That's what we used to think and because that was what the research and evidence that we had, that's what we knew. But again, just anything in life, right? I mean, how we evolve as a civilization. So anyways, I know we got to take a break. I'm curious though, because to follow up on the evolution, are you seeing more open minds are people coming in or are there more people? It seems like there's a lot more people that I talk to that they're seeking that information. They're seeking that training. Does it seem like people are becoming more open-minded? I think it's somewhat. I think more than that, it's that we're in the middle a generation turnover in the industry. And a lot of the, I call it the old guard, the older generation who is very set in their ways is starting to transition out, just retirement, et cetera. And we're getting a newer generation coming in that is completely changing the way I set up training now, for one thing. But this newer generation isn't quite as rooted in what they've always done. And they're a generation that is more used to a lot of information coming from a lot of different places and they can go out and do their own research, et cetera. So I think that's more what we're seeing. And maybe not a mindset switch from people that are truly, this is how I'm going to do things, but it's more about the people that we're actually talking to. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Hey guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. When we come back, we will continue. The Hyper Poll from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care poll designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. 
created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pro's time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high-range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger Technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash nitech. Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. We are here talking to Alicia Stevens today, and she is the Director of Training and Education at Biolab. Does that get old? No, never. never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely awesome. So we continue our conversation. Before we do that, here's what I want to do. I want to jump in and give a couple of shout outs here because we haven't talked to the people from the chat over here. Mr. Benny... Romero, big shout out to you. Maria, Jeanette, Joey, big shout out to you. We have Maria from Ensenada Pools, Todd Pool Service. We have Michael for First Response. Shannon is giving you a shout out there. Hello, Shannon. Maria is giving you a shout out (laughs) out there. And Smiley Pool Service, good afternoon. Big shout out to all you guys out there listening and watching live the podcast. We appreciate you guys. That's a great name. Smiley Pool Service. I like that one. Smiley Pool Service. Think of what you could do with the logo for that. That wouldn't be John's name today. <laughs> Just wear your shirt up. Wear your shirt upside down. <laughs> Turn that frown up upright. <laughs> I'm not that bad, am I? No. no. Okay. 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 Sorry. We go on break. Like this is how bad it is for John today. We go on break, and as he's walking out the door, his phone rings, and I'm like, "Oh, here we go again." <laughs> 
So anyways, so let's continue our conversation. I want to dive in a little bit into the whole education and go down that path. So can you describe a little bit and let me backtrack for just a second. Obviously, there's a lot of education that happens in our industry. Mm -hmm. We go to a lot of shows. There's a lot of different types of training and different methods and stuff like that. For you specifically, because I truly believe that the amount of knowledge that you have and the way that you explain things, you break things down so easily to understand. It's so engaging in the class that even with when you tie in some of your joking and your analogies, it just keeps your mind like listening to what it is that you're doing. And yesterday I caught myself We're in the studio, we have the two monitors going on, and one of them has your picture, and then I have the PowerPoint presentation, and you start talking about things, and I go over, and I'm standing, and I cross my hands, and I'm listening to you talk, and as I'm listening, I'm like completely staring at your PowerPoint presentation as you're going through all these things, to the point that I'm like, oh, shoot, I'm supposed to be checking on the audio, and I'm supposed to be doing other stuff. You know, you get completely sucked in. So can you talk a little bit about your philosophy when it comes to your training and your development of the pool pros? Sure. And my philosophy is just developed over, again, the course of doing things, you know. But my goal when I'm doing any sort of training, whether it's for a camera to be recorded and used later, whether there's five people in front of me or 500 people in front of me, my goal is to first and foremost make people feel comfortable and to make them laugh. If we're not laughing, we're not having fun. If you're not having fun, then you resent what you're doing. And if you resent what you're doing, you're not going to get anything out of it. So I always have a goal in the back of my mind, not necessarily to be a comedian by any means, but just to engage and give and take and just interact with the audience because I think that is the key to getting people involved and engaged. It's a little bit harder, quite honestly. Sometimes I struggle for camera work because I don't have an audience to interact with. And you'll find like when you watch things that I've recorded, I'm still asking rhetorical questions and all that because I'm used to like people being there. Just to let you know, when I hang out with John, John yeah. wants me to have the camera on him the whole time. Oh no. He gets, <laughs> he gets angry at me. He goes, how come you're not recording me like return on the camera? Like I'm just messing with you. I'm just throwing it. I'm He's making your day you. worse. Yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so I want engagement. I don't want to be a a talking professor up there that's boring and that's when people tune out quite honestly I always go in with I want to be very human and very just conversational when I'm doing anything as far as the science part of it goes science can be as simple or as complicated as you make it I focus on taking what can be complicated and really simplifying it down to a point where everybody can understand it you don't have to be a chemist to be a pool care professional. You don't need to be a chemist to be a pool care professional. And you don't need to be a chemist to take care of your own pool. And it's it can be very intimidating to people. It can be very intimidating to people that are new to the industry. And I train a lot of fresh-faced new hires that are going to work retail or whatever, and they are just absolutely overwhelmed by the amount of information that they feel like they have to learn. So my philosophy is always, and I always say, We're not moving electrons here, we're not saving lives, and we're not shooting off rockets. So it doesn't have to be complicated. Now, yesterday, Edgar, you had asked for some more advanced training. So we were were literally moving electrons as we were talking yesterday because, you know, that's the science of it. But we don't have to talk on that level all the time. So my philosophy is adjust to the audience that I've got. But ultimately, even the most seasoned pool care professional 
can remember analogies and stories and things like that, that, you know, sometimes the science is harder to get it to stick. But if you have something that makes you remember it or relate to it or something like that, then it sticks with you a lot better. So that's how I teach. And I get a lot of people that that comment, I really liked your class. Your analogies are great. Your analogies are great. Your analogies are great. And that's good. That's what I want because analogies are how you remember things. I really firmly believe that. So yeah, I just try to make it relatable and conversational. I, we talk, I teach pool chemistry and in the course of a day, we've anchored a boat while we've gone fishing. We've burnt the <laughs> trash and emptied the burn barrel. We've gotten seven miles of gas down the road on a 10-gallon t- Those are the types of things that I do, and anybody that's having my classes knows all of those references, <laughs> but it makes it relatable. And sometimes our really smart scientists, which we have plenty of at Biolab, trust me, they're like, that analogy isn't completely the way it can be. I'm like, shut up. Man, like this, no, we don't need to move the electrons. We need them to understand the concept of what's happening. Go ahead, Judge. That's my no, analogy. I, I was going to say something about the gas analogy, but I kept my mouth shut. I was like, if you put three waters, three gallons of water in that gas tank, that car ain't going nowhere. See, when, I usually do, when I do that analogy, I always say, you put seven gallons of gas in the tank and three gallons of water, yeah. are you going to get 10 gallons of gas worth no, of mileage? And I always say, no, you're going to get nothing because you just jacked up your engine, which is true, but that's not the point of the analogy. But yes, agreed. So anyway, so my philosophy is make it relatable. And I do everything off the cuff. I don't write scripts. I don't. I used to until I got truly comfortable with what I was talking about. Somebody asked me once, when did you stop getting nervous about public speaking? I said when I got completely comfortable with the information I was giving, I no longer feared what we call stump the jump, which is a game some people in the industry like to play. They get someone that's an expert in front of them and their goal is to prove them wrong or ask them something they don't know. Fine, play the game. I don't care. But when I got to the point where I didn't fear stump the jump, then I stopped getting nervous. And now it's just I I know what I'm confident what I'm talking about. And I'm not afraid to say I don't know because there are times when I don't. But ultimately, I just want to be very relatable what I'm teaching. And that's my goal. I think that type of training is more important than ever. As you talk about the generational shift and we have a lot of people getting into the industries growing. We have a lot of companies that are making hires and bringing even more people into the industry. And it's hard as a business owner to, one, we don't know all the information and it's hard to communicate that a lot of times with our team accurately or in a way that they can receive it and understand it. And I got to say, my guys came in, took the class at the Southwest show, and they still talk about it. And you were very engaging with them. And I talked about it before, but I was so impressed because you asked for volunteers. Four of them just stood up without hesitation, went up there. And I was like, oh, crap, that's awesome. But I think as someone with employees and other people that are making hires, like being able to have professional educators in the industry that can teach their people in a way that they can receive it, it fast tracks it for us. And I just think it's more important than ever that we're getting more of that type of training. And ultimately, fast tracking training is the focus. We've all had staffing issues and we've all had a lot of turnover and there are a lot of new people to the industry. We need them to be functional quickly. We all need that. So Fast tracking is, that's always a goal, is how can I explain this in a way they're going to get it the first time and be able to incorporate it into what they do every day. Excite them. It gets them engaged. That engagement, that gets them wanting more. If it's just that professor-style talk from the beginning, they check out, and then they don't ever become interested. When I teach a class, I can look out over the audience about 20 minutes in, and there, of course, there's people that are checked out. I still have service guys fall asleep on me, you know, like... 
I used to take it very personally. Now I just absolutely don't ever fall asleep in my class. You won't like the end result. <laughs> <laughs> Except for mama. Except for mama. Except for mama. Mama can do whatever she wants. But. Oh, John, John threw you under the bus, not me. <laughs> Oh, she was tired. Oh. But you know what? She had the best spot in the house yesterday. She was so, laying so, on a couch. Yeah. She wasn't feeling too good. But that was like yeah. just like the majority of the time you were watching. Yeah. 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 So she was just laying down on the sofa and she had her blanket up like that. And we had the two big screens over there. And she's just sitting there watching Alicia do her training. And I'm like, now that is how you take a water chemistry class. I mean, but it makes sense. When me, I can be wide awake, ready to rock and roll, right on anything in the morning. And then if I'm sit there and I get comfortable and you're watching TV. TV or you're listening to something, you're doing it, and then I'm and just John immediately was like this. Starting. I don't know if you noticed, but John was sitting on the corner of that sofa, and then there's those big white foam boards that are used for sound and stuff, and he's sitting there like this, facing that way, but his head is completely turned over this way, just watching Alicia, and I'm looking at him, and it's 20 minutes gone by, and he hasn't blinked. He's just like watching, and, he was, and even Leanne came over and goes... Man, she goes, I don't understand water chemistry, but that must have been really good because John was not moving. He was in, <laughs> consumed by that whole conversation. <laughs> I was, and it was, like like I said, no BS in what I mean. I don't fluff or say what I don't mean, and I was like, wow, this is you're doing a really good it, job. Yeah. yeah. In the interest of learning to take a compliment, thank yeah. you. Right. <laughs> thank you. And I was sitting there going, I'm like, I can't wait. I can't wait for the people that are using our app that, that are going to get to yeah. experience this. And I hope that it lights or it ignites that fire that Zach and you were talking about. You know what I mean? But we can get thousands of people to be able to listen to this and just think. Not everybody's going to take that information and run with it. Some are going to be like, eh, no, you're wrong. Or, oh, she said this. Or she said, you know, we had this conversation yesterday about it and saying that, look, the end goal is the same. And the information is 100% correct. And there's different styles and different ways of doing things, but it doesn't necessarily mean that one way is wrong and the other way is right or whatever it may be. You got to do whatever works for yeah, your story. Yeah, correct. And that's what I mean by that. And I think that people listening to this, you're going to ignite that fire in a lot of people because what happens is, and I think, again, and I don't mean to hijack this, the problem in our industry is we lack confidence. And because we lack confidence, we lack confidence in our ability. So when it comes to... When we're in the backyard, we feel like we're almost like we should be thankful for business and people calling us and having clients and that. And I'm not trying to say that, but more of like you're the professional in that backyard. You are there to provide a service. They need you and you are the pro. And it is your job and your responsibility to be able to offer these solutions and to deliver on them for them at a fee, at a cost. And when you lack that ability or that confidence and you're in the backyard, we've all understand this and go, I want to do this because, oh, did I screw this up? Or I really want this account, so I'm going to do this for free or do that for free. And by doing that, we devalue ourselves and our industry. And it's simply because we lack that confidence. And just like you said, when you hit that moment in your life where you said, hey, you know what? I don't care <laughs> because I'm confident in what I'm saying. I understand what I'm saying. I'm educated. I know this. And you're not going to play stump the chump with me. And we're not going to play that game because when we do lack confidence is when we play those games and we feel, hey, oh, yeah, I'm going to be careful or whatever. But anyways. So I'm curious when you're doing training or whatever big crowd employees and you get someone who is resistant or they're not finding it useful, what's your tactic on bringing them into it? That's an interesting question. And I do find that for any group of people over 20 there's probably always at least one that's going, Barely. yeah, that's going to 
they're just going to be combative. They want to contradict you, they or they want to hijack a conversation. Well, my experience, which I don't devalue anybody's experience, I respect that, but there's a time and a place to talk about that. So I'm always respectful of anyone, even if they're absolutely just off the deep end. Off the deep end. <laughs> like, yeah, wow. I try to always be respectful. <laughs> a lot of times what I'll do is I'll, a couple, of, the first couple of times they try to elbow in, I'll stop and address whatever it is that they want to, that they're talking about. But a lot of times I'll be like, you know what? It sounds like you have some in-depth questions that are specific to you. Let's take this offline. Let's chat about this. I'm always quick to say to the rest of the group, if anyone else is interested in what they're asking about, I'm happy to address it to whoever wants to hear it because I don't want ever anyone, I don't want them to think that you don't want to answer that question because it reflects poorly on you or whatever. That's not the point. The point is you're hijacking an entire group of people for a very personal agenda and we don't have time or the resources for that. So most of the time I try to just steer people. If you want additional information, if you'd like to debate this topic, if you want to dig deeper, then, and I always stick around after I do training just to give people the opportunity to come up and say, hey, I disagree with that or I really learned a lot about that. Or could you explain more about that? So I just try to isolate it because you don't have time in a group to deal with that one person that wants to drive the agenda. But I'm always willing to go back and address it. It's just a matter of not doing it from that main stage. Obviously, you've gone through a progression of training in 23 years, right? Starting from the ground all the way up and starting to see that generational change in our industry, which I think is a great thing. I think a lot of people are a lot that younger generation that are willing to look at things differently than dad used to do them. So can you talk a little bit about maybe what the future of your training looks like and maybe where are you guys going to put focus and maybe how is that going to change a little bit? Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And some of it is in flux. We're still figuring out what the next, I always say the next because nothing's the final, but the next vision of training and what all of that's going to encompass but I have a couple of thoughts on that. One, I used to really battle myself. I resistant to change. You know, the millennials come in and everybody has a bad rap on millennials. But it's just a group of generation of people that have been raised differently than, than we were. I don't know. You might be a millennial, but he <laughs> I'm is. not. He yeah. Yes. So I was like, oh. He's dang one of the good it. ones. Though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I was, my mindset was, oh, we got to get them off their screens. They don't interact. This is tough. We can't train them this way. I really had to focus on bringing that generation's mindset around to my way of thinking, which is exactly what I get irritated at people for doing. So I had to really check myself and say, okay, hold on a minute. You got a whole generation of people. You're trying to remove them from their screens. They've grown up with screens in hand. They've grown up using smartphones and iPads and the internet and Google and all that stuff that, not to date myself, but I didn't grow up that way. I certainly have lived most of my adult life that way, but I didn't grow up that way. So I was focused on how to get them off their screen. And in reality, what I needed to be focused on was how to use their screen in order to do the training that we're trying to do. And that's been a little bit of a slow adjustment for me just because, and just I'll be completely transparent, I like to stand up in front of people and talk. So I held on to that because that's how I felt like I was most effective that way. So then this must be the best way for me to do it. And in reality, there's still place for that. Trust me, there's still plenty of people in the industry that want to show up to in-person training and learn. We're not going to go away from that. We're actually, in the next year, we're going to bring a little more of that back into our repertoire because there's so much value in the interaction and what you get in person. But along with that, and just like you're doing with Pullman University, you're taking the same level of information, the same 
approach, the same ability to access that information, and you're putting it on a screen, whether it's a phone or a computer or podcast or module or whatever that is, so that, yes, the people that want to get some training in person, they're going to be able to do that, and we're going to make sure that they have the opportunity to do that. But the vast majority of people that we train now, just by the numbers, is online in some format or another. So, the future of training for Biolab and for me and, and as I move forward and develop what comes next is going to be, how do we do this online? How do we do this with an online presence, whether it's an app or a website, whatever it is? How do we do it with videography and production and all that stuff? But I have to balance that. Once you video something, it's captured in time and then if it changes you have to undo what you did go back you have to update it you have to figure out how to i'm not a videographer i don't do editing all that sort of stuff so it adds another element you're the talent you're the talent (laughs) (laughs) i try to be low maintenance i just need diet mountain dew and it not to be 85 degrees in a room that's it but my focus is how do we create digital content With limited resources, we don't have an internal video team or anything like that. And then the challenge is keeping it up to date. And that's tough. And that's something that really has to be managed from a budget standpoint because we're paying out resources to do this from a time standpoint and all that sort of stuff. My current goal, what we're developing right now, is we have great online training. It was done green screen in a studio with a whole lot of video production around it. And it was a huge undertaking when we did it. And it was beautiful. And now it's out of date. And we don't have the ability to adjust it easily. So now I'm trying to undo all of that and put it into a format where we can pull out the parts and pieces. We talked about that yesterday and make it dateable so that we can keep it current. So it's a blend as we move forward. I don't want to take away the in-person aspect. I think that's something that we need in our industry. And I definitely see a ton of value in that. But we've got to incorporate that millennial mindset, which is I want to get it off the screen my attention span is shorter. We can't do it in two-hour chunks. We have to do it in 10-minute chunks. And I'm okay with that. You just have to figure out how to do it differently. So I'm learning right now. I'm researching and I'm learning because I have to make these adjustments. So you brought up a great point. And it's something that we talk and we preach about all the time is the one thing our industry isn't so unique because it doesn't matter what industry you're in, we deal with people, right? And people are people. And if you're an educator or if you want to be an educator and you want to help people, you need to understand what makes them tick. Or even as an employee or an employer with your employees and you're training them in every form or fashion as a business owner, you are an educator in some way. And in order to do it successfully, you need to be able to understand what makes them tick. And you bring up this millennial thing and it's like, who are we to say, hey, look, because we didn't grow up that way, that our way is better and your way doesn't matter, right? So we have to understand or be in their shoes and say, hey, look, you know, this is what makes them tick. This is what makes us tick. Well, if we want to get through to them, then we have to compromise. We have to figure out a way to be able to connect to them. Otherwise, we're not going to we're not going to reach the goal. Or we're not going to accomplish anything here, especially. Look, we got a boomer, a Gen X and a millennial. Did he just call me a boomer? <laughs> I think you meant it in the best way possible. Did you just call me a boomer? 
I'm a boomer, a sooner boomer baby. That's maybe what I might be. No, I'm just kidding. But no, it's true. It really, it, I had, dude, I had that coming. I was like, I don't got that one cooking, dude. I'm gonna, I gotta find a way to get that punch I, in. I, I think he was just trying to get at me from this morning and trying I to think, figure I out was, how I get I think it he in. was, yeah. So, but you're right, 100%. And that's what we have to do. And not just say, oh, you know, these kids are, no, they're not. My children are growing. These are what, I don't know, iPhone, what the hell they call our generation now? The X-phoners, the iPhoners, the, what are they called? <laughs> Who knows, know. <laughs> right? The truth is this is their world, and we're the dinosaurs now because 10 years from mm-hmm. now, you're talking about AI. We're talking about automation and all these things that are happening. <laughs> Dude, we're the dinosaurs, yep. and if we're not changing with the times, we're going to be the ones being rolled over. So we have to adapt and change and learn from them instead of trying to bring them back into our ways. We need to embrace what's happening and learn from them. And this is how we do it. This is how we communicate with them. And let me tell you this, and looking at all the things that happen with content, and I geek out a little bit when I start looking at analytics and all that kind of stuff, but I'll tell you what happens with us. I just was looking it up right as you were talking. And so we created the basic water chemistry class and that video has been viewed 16,377 times. Somebody out there, go, let's get to 17,000. So, <laughs> so this is what that tells us. A couple of different things is that A, we're on track because we know that the video content needs to be created because there's space for it. And you have different market segments within any business that you do. You're always going to have the people that show up at the shows, right? We're always going to show up. We want to be in front of people. We want to teach. We want to do that. But there's a different market segment. And you could have people that are introverts that don't like to go to the shows, but they still have to get that knowledge. You know, you look at the analytics and how everything is happening. We put this app together. I just looked at the number now, right now, 62,700 views on the 17 freaking courses that we have on there. That means that people are going back and back to look at the content, okay? 62,000 and 11,000 of those are using desktop. So the vast majority of the people are using the app on the phone, okay? So you take a look at that. You take a look at how the generations change. You look at YouTube and YouTube was all long format content, right? You used to sit, that was John. He used to like to watch all the long format content. And then you start to get Instagram, you start to get Facebook, and then TikTok comes into the world and just wrecks everybody's world. And everything now is in short content format, that minute and a half, two minutes. So we look at all the content that we put together and we even have to evolve because it's like, if you want to stay in the forefront, if you want to educate that young group of people, guess what? The videos need to be, hey, what are the things that raise pH? And you answer that and there's your clip and you're done because that's We're how all content doing a dance. is consumed. We're all right? doing a dance. <laughs> <laughs> or something with some cool music in the background. But it's absolutely amazing and I agree with you 100% that technology just continues to play that bigger role and I love the fact that you guys are looking at that, you see the value of it, and that you guys are focusing on that because that's the only way that we're going to continue to reach all the people that we need to educate in the industry. A big piece of it too is just access, like basic access. Because how many people out there, we're talking about small business owners and things like that. And it's like, they want to go to the shows. They want to, but they can't afford a $500 round trip ticket and hotel or they just don't have the time for it. So just being able to get that information out there on big scale is super important. 
When we launched our first kind of foray into digital training, our motto was your training anytime, all the time. I don't care when you can do it at three in the morning when you're suffering a bout of insomnia. You can do it whenever you want. And that was part of what we were aiming at was we were hearing, look, I wanted to come to school, but it was too early and I hadn't hired my new hires yet. Or it was, I had a wedding that weekend and I couldn't make it or... I can't afford the three hotel rooms to bring all the people I wanted to bring. It was just a way to incorporate more and diversify a little bit. But I had to hold myself accountable to the things that I was getting irritated at people for, which was resistance to change. I try to be a fairly self-aware person, and it hit me one day as I was probably complaining about declining numbers in a school or something like that. And I'm like, hold on a minute. I'm resisting something that some there's a new way to do things. And I'm saying, no, my way is the best way, which is what I'm asking people not to do in my classes. So it was an aha moment for me. And then it just changed kind of the mindset and the philosophy. But it's definitely the wave of the future or the wave of now, realistically. And if we don't go digital, we don't go online, we don't offer that format, no, we're not going to keep up. With yeah. education. And, and they'll always be in, in person, right? Sure. So let's not kid ourselves. There no. be. But, yeah. but there is a lot. Because that people will learn be. differently, yeah. right? Some yeah. people are visual learners. Some people need to have that one-on-one. Some people... It That's just me. Be, that, it's just how it is. But we can go about this for yeah, we another, talk, another yeah. four hours. Yeah. You know <laughs> what I mean? We talk about can, people can, resisting change. And then I want to call out, there's other people in our industry that are educators, you know what I mean, that are the same way too. And that are resisting and, they, oh, my way is the only way. And when shouldn't listen to other people and or what are they doing or what do they know and stuff like that which is to me i just look at it with i'm just like just baffled it's just mind-blowing to me the type of resistance that we get from everywhere right and i'm talking as an industry as a whole and i think that's the struggle that we're trying to break and fight through together and that's why we brought pool nation that's what we're trying to do here is bring everybody is in it together we're on the same team folks and get rid of that you mindset know what I mean? it's not about oh this and that it's just to me it's just like dude we talked about on the live too and we talk about everybody thinks it's a competition man and it's just like, well, the sooner we can understand that the only people that we need to worry about is ourselves and the only person we need to compete with is the person in the mirror. And as long as we do better than what we did yesterday, we're on the right track to be better together. And I know it sounds like I'm preaching and I keep saying it, but it's the truth, man. And anybody out here listening, it's a hard thing to do. And it's not easy because we're human beings and we have feelings and we have emotions and we feel whatever we feel, and it's sometimes tough to go through them. But I promise you, and I don't know if it's just old age as I get older, but it's through experience as well. I'm telling you, just we need to work together, and we'll get there. And Alicia, I like I said, and I here I am doing my final thoughts. Right now. <laughs> I, was, I was just going to say I was looking I'm at the doing time my and final like, thoughts. So I'm doing <laughs> okay. it right now, and I go, okay. look, you are. I believe you are a blessing to this industry, and you need to be more out there for everybody to listen to to hear because you can connect with people. It's not so, the information anybody can learn. It's just how you can deliver and how you can connect and get people to understand it. And I think you are, like I said, you are a blessing to this industry. And I don't mean that lightly. Thank so, you. I appreciate um, I appreciate you taking the time to work with us, schmucks. You make and, me laugh. That's yeah, the battle. Well, and believing in what we're doing here, right? <laughs> sure, And yeah. knowing that it's important because, look, your company is a big company. We're not talking about, this is a big company. And it says a lot for who Biolab is. To be able to say, hey, look, we are willing to invest and we know how important education is in this industry. And I think it's a blessing to all of us to have great educators and teachers like yourself. And Jamie, she knocked it out the park yesterday, too. She did. Jamie, if you're listening, you did really well. What a superstar, right? (laughs) And just to come out and do all these things just to help better the industry. 
Hey guys, let's do this. Let's take a quick word from our sponsors. John just gave us his final thoughts. So when we come back, I want to get Zach's final thoughts. We'll be right back. The HyperPole from Ultimate Pool Tools is a pool care pole designed by pool professionals for pool professionals, featuring precision-crafted carbon fiber and stainless steel construction. Go to ultimatepooltools.com or Instagram at ultimatepooltools. Pool pros have specific needs when it comes to general liability insurance. The SPPA program has you covered. With three tailored and customizable general liability options, SPPA makes it easy for pool pros to feel secure. Find out more and get covered at the SPPA.com. Now available, Pool Invoice. Pool Invoice is a pool billing software created specifically for the pool service and repair industry. It's developed for our industry and only our industry. Pool Invoice is built with reoccurring billing in mind. You can print, email, text invoices, or even send via WhatsApp. You can add reoccurring or yearly charges, accept credits, and set up auto pay. You can even see when customers have seen the invoice. It even has a customer portal where they can log in and see, print, and pay invoices. It has all your customers' information on one page, so you don't need to search through hundreds of invoices looking for the one you need. Just go to the customer profile and it's all at your fingertips. Created specifically for the pool industry, Pool Invoice. Now available at PoolInvoice.com. Blu-ray XL is the power of minerals working for you. Reduce your overall chemical costs and labor up to 50% guaranteed. Whether you have 20 accounts or 20,000, Blu-ray XL's direct pricing and free shipping to the pool trade have you covered. Improving pool professionals' profit and work-life balance is what they do. Blu-ray XL, the real mineral purifier. Visit them at BluRayXL.com. Blu-ray all day. Aquastar's new pipeline cartridge filters, available in two sizes, deliver top-notch hydraulic efficiency along with best-in-class filtration performance, approaching that of DE filters. Uniquely designed, open pleat spacing means 100% of the media square footage is usable. And these claims are backed by NSF test results. Designed with the pros' time and comfort in mind, the patented double-locking system improves safety and ease of access, making filter cleaners faster than ever before. Available now. Ask your supplier for pipeline filters today. Natural Chemistry, a leader in specialty water care solutions for over 30 years, is proud to provide products that make pool service easier than ever before. Its unique enzyme formulations in Pro Series Pro Blend improve efficiency of your pool program while reducing frequency of filter cleaning and scum lines. Natural Chemistry is also well known for its wide variety of phosphate removal solutions that include a non-clouding formula in phosphory and extremely high range removal with Pro Series Foss Remove or Foss Free Max. Save time, save money, save work with Pro Series products. 
Stop sacrificing durability or efficiency with the help of Raypack's new Avia HD models that utilize NITEC, their exclusive industry-first technology. NITEC Heat Exchanger technology is Raypack's latest solution to superior strength and maximum efficiency when it comes to residential pool heating. With 900% more nickel compared to Cooper Nickel in critical surfaces, NITEC creates an ideal surface to protect against scale formation and erosion without compromising on Avia's 84% thermal efficiency. Learn more at raypack.com slash Welcome back, everybody, to the Pool Nation live podcast. We are with Alicia Stevens, Director of Training and Education for Biolab. We've spent the last two days with her, and we're going to spend some more time with her after the podcast because we're going to go out to have some lunch. I hope dinner. John's on that. <laughs> dinner was a failure. <laughs> no, dinner was not a failure because it was fun. The food part might have been a failure, but it was fun. I do want you to know, I don't think John slept last night because he called that one and it was... I was pretty upset. Even when we got home. You know what? When I drove home, I stopped and got Whataburger. <laughs> I was pissed. That's a good call there. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Zacharias, let's get your final thoughts. First, I've got to clarify. Yes. You may be a boomer, but yeah, I have a what's up full of TikToks to prove that you really have the heart of a Gen Z. You are the man, brother. (laughs) You are the man. I don't know anything about TikTok, but Edgar sure does. (laughs) Sure you don't. (laughs) Just kidding. I really enjoyed the conversation today because training and education is something we're all very passionate about. And it's interesting because a lot of people don't understand that there is a strategy and there is a tactic to being able to deliver good training, even as something as simple as a team meeting. Like there is a process and a science to being effective in doing that. And you do an amazing job of breaking it down in a digestible way. And I know we keep saying this, but I believe it's really important because we're seeing, like I said earlier, a lot of new people and a lot of the hires we're making are people that have never been exposed I had an interview last night and it was like, I didn't even realize all this went on in the pool industry. Like I didn't even realize there was a pool industry. And so I think training styles like that, where we're captivating people more, we're imparting knowledge at a faster rate that they can immediately take and implement, whether they're a business owner or whether they're a technician working for a company is super important. So I just want to say thank you. I've been in your class several times. Every time I take it, I learned something new. I had a lot of fun today. It was cool to come up and hang out with you guys. Yeah, so. We appreciate you coming up. We, we really do. I, I know that was a long drive for you. You left at the crack of dawn. I still don't but... know why you drive and don't fly. <laughs> it was, but. I mean... Wings get tired. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it's lonely up there. He's still right? holding up to the trip. His wings aren't quite up to snuff yet. I, Southwest has failed me the last three times I've yeah. tried, so I said, Surprise. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alicia, you want to give us some final thoughts? I want to issue a challenge, actually. Not really final thoughts, although I had a blast today, and thank you so much. I'm telling you, I'll just take the seat anytime you'll give it to me, because I, I really enjoy just hanging out and talking the industry in pools. So thank you for having me, and thank you for all of your support. But I want to issue a challenge, and it came from the conversation we just had about how people are a little bit mean in our industry, and they can be. I'm on the forums and stuff like that, and people can just be a little bit rough and a little bit mean. So my challenge is try to put that away a little bit as an industry. And as you say, we all need to be on the same team and work together. And I'm certainly up for that. But if you have a conflict, let's talk about it like adults and let's stop trolling each other and being mean. So I guess my challenge is be kind 
and treat people like you would want to be treated because some of the stuff you read on the forums and things like that, they're just awful to read. That's my challenge is we are all on the same team. We're all working towards the same goal. So be kind and we need a big kumbaya, I think. So, Absolutely. but I don't sing. So somebody else is in charge. <laughs> I heard Edgar singing. Please so he doesn't sing either. Is that please what you're saying? No, please no. He's, he starts singing in in Puerto Rican. Even that's a thing. In Puerto Rican. What language is that, Edgar? That's even a thing. Puerto Rican. Oye, mira este bro de la I, inventando cosas, inventando palabras, no sabe ni de lo que está hablando he, este. Lo, ¿Tú lo oyes, Janie? He, he can't even sing in Puerto Rican. He, he started yelling at me, right, in Spanish, when he spilled coffee on me this morning, too, hot coffee. He just started, I'm like, it was, I swear it was out of a scene from I Love Lucy. You know what I mean? He was yelling and screaming at me in the truck, and I'm like, dude, you spilled hot coffee on me and you're yelling at me? I go, what I've are you I've heard doing? about your legendary temper. That's so. what was crazy. Let me tell you, so what happens to me is when I get really mad and I like blow a gasket, yeah. it's always all in Spanish. Yeah. And so I was drinking coffee and I was giving John his, what did we order him, Janie? Some hey, frappe, frappe or whatever. And I went to give it to him and then I spilled coffee, which I was just telling Janie, oh my God, this is really hot today. So I spilled it on my fingers as I was doing it. So in the truck, I went like this. Ah! And of course, it all goes flying on John on top of his morning that he was having. So you really are water. having a bad so, morning. So it's literally all I over say, me, right over uh, my head. All over. And I, I'm sitting there just cussing in Spanish the whole time. And Janie was making fun of me. She's like, did you notice that was all in Spanish? All your <laughs> yeah. yelling that you yeah. did? And I'm like, I didn't. It was funny. Alicia, we really appreciate all of your support. We appreciate your friendship because at this point, we consider you friends is the way that Agreed. we consider you. We appreciate everything that you do. We're super excited to have you as the MC of the Women's Summit 2023. Completely yes. looking forward to that. That's going to be a ton of fun. Ladies, if you haven't heard about it, reach out and get the details because we're going to we're gonna have a good time. We're going to learn. It's going to be great. It's 25th. August 25th. Look at that. Woohoo! <laughs> so anyways, everybody, thank you for listening. Catch me and John on Wednesday on the Instagram Live. We're going to be talking about the categories that were chosen for the Pool Nation Awards. Believe it or not, the nominations for the Pool Nation Awards open about 28 days from now. It is right around the corner, people, so pay attention. Women's Networking Event, August 24th, 25th. We can only have enough space for 100 women. 78 have registered, so if you want to register, go to poolnation.com. There's a Women's Summit button there. Click that. Guys, you don't want to miss this. It's going to be great. It's going to be epic. I promise you. So anyway, everybody that's listening live, Maria, have a great weekend. We'll catch you guys on Wednesday. Have a good one. Bye, guys. Thanks for listening to the Pool Nation podcast, a member of the Pool Nation family. You can listen to us live every Friday here at 9 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Central, and 12 noon Eastern Standard Time. You can find us at Pool Nation or PoolNationPodcast.com, on Facebook, or on Instagram at Pool.Nation. And to find more info about Pool Invoice, the billing software built specifically for the pool industry, go to PoolInvoice.com. Before you go, this is what the pool industry has been waiting for, PoolManUniversity.com. It's the first platform dedicated to learning the swimming pool service and repair industry, a pool service community where you can connect and find videos on business, service, water chemistry, and repairs. See you there at PoolManUniversity.com.